Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome in to Picks and Parlays. It is a great day here to talk some sports betting. Uh, we're diving into college basketball, NBA. It's all coming up on Picks and Parlays. But first, I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. If you want to drop me a comment, a meme, or some of your plays, if you've got a good pick or parlay for me, I'd love to hear it. Uh, you can find us on social media if you search Picks and Parlays. We're really easy to find on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, diving into some NCAA basketball future today in the first segment. Uh, as we've mentioned on the show before, college basketball seems to be wide open this year. There's not really a team that's far and away uh, the clear-cut number one. Baylor is the number one team, uh, but they're not a team uh, that's been super dominant. They're not a team that's the hands-down favorite to win it all. So you can really get some good value on some of these futures, and it should be a really fun March Madness that's coming up pretty soon, uh, Selection Sunday, uh, March 15th. So not that far uh, from now. So if you want to do some research on some of these college teams uh, and make sure your bracket is looking good, and also if you want to win some money day-to-day. We're also diving in to those day-to-day games with NCAA basketball, Florida State, Duke, Baylor, Texas, and TCU, Texas Tech. A great game uh, that we just saw was Duke-UNC. Uh, Duke was favored in that one, seven and a half, I believe. Uh, the line moved a lot. Duke opened as big favorites in that one uh, because, of course, North Carolina is not the team that they normally are. Uh, talent-wise, I think it's there, but um, a tough season uh, for the Tar Heels. But they gave Duke all they could handle, but somehow they fumbled away the game in overtime. It was a fun one to watch, but uh, just to show that some of these rankings don't necessarily matter when it comes to college basketball. And of course, we've got NBA. It's all coming up on picks and parlays. Uh, Pack show, lots of games, hopefully lots of winners. When we come back from the break, we're talking NCAA basketball futures on picks and parlays. On the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube if you search Picks and Parlays. We're really easy to find. If you want to drop us a line or a comment on any of those social media platforms, we'd love to hear from you. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. We've got a lot of basketball to get into today, and we're starting with some NCAA basketball futures. As I mentioned in the first segment, uh, it seems like um, college basketball is wide open when it comes to the men's side this year. There's not a clear-cut favorite like there is some of the years um, past. We've got Craig Trapp joining us to talk some of these futures and March Madness. Craig, can you hear me? Are you there? How you doing? Yeah. 
yeah, exciting time of year, you know. And when you talk about the, the NCAA this year, like you said, more wide open than maybe we've ever seen. Um, I think the odds uh, definitely say that at this point of the season. We're uh, about a month uh, before you really madness begins. But as of right now, you know, Duke and Kansas at seven to one. Usually this time of year, usually you have one team in that five to one range. But Duke and, and Kansas share the top at seven to one. And then Gonzaga at 10 to one. Number one right now, Baylor, all the way down to 12 to one with, hey, number fifth, Dayton Flyers, 12 to one. I mean, that tells you how open it is when the Dayton Flyers were unranked beginning of the season and are now the fifth favorite at 12 to one. Right. Uh, and I don't even like that value on Duke. Uh, as we saw in the UNC game, they're very beatable. And the fact that they're only shooting uh, 69% from the free throw line, that scares me. Uh, and just in general, not the best shooting team we've seen uh, from Duke, as opposed to some of the years past where Duke has had these shooters from the outside and they've really uh, tailored their game to that. They look more like Kentucky this year. They have a lot of the one and dones. Uh, but what are some of the plays you like when it comes to these futures? Well, I would bet against any team uh, single digits odds or even that tw- those 12 to 1. I just think you have to stay away. I think uh, proving this year, we've seen more number ones beat to this point of the season than ever before. Uh, we see team that is number one right now in Baylor uh, that is, what, third, fourth favorite. I mean, to me, that just screams take a price this year, which anytime I'm betting futures, I, I want 15 to 1 or better in most cases this year. One of these bets is going to be a little lower than that, but I think my team to bet and the team I'm going to, uh, I've already actually placed some money on them. We're going to play some more. Uh, Seton Hall at 18 to 1. And we've seen the Seton Hall team. They're the class of a pretty good Big East right now. Uh, they, they won at Villanova for the first time in two decades. And Coach Kevin Will has really turned that program around. Miles Powell, player of the year candidate. One of the few players, usually these play the year candidates lately, have been the one and dones. But I like them at 18 to 1. I think they have some quality wins on the season. And when Miles Powell was out early this year, they still had some big wins. They won at Maryland without Miles Powell. So I think Seton Hall has developed some nice depth. And they have some upperclassmen leadership, which is always nice to see come tournament time. So I'm going to take Seton Hall at 18 to 1 as my top favorite. Um, you know, and I think the Big East is way underrated too. I think the Big Ten's overrated. And I think, uh, you know, the ACC is actually, I think, underrated. I like Louisville as my second choice at 14 to 1. Coach Chris Mack, what a job he's done since, of course, kind of picking up the pieces from uh, Coach Rick Patino and all the controversy when he he left there i like uh, louisville at 14 to 1 i think they're a very dangerous team and we know when you come out of the acc you'll be ready to go because you face a gauntlet of a schedule so i think louisville is the clear-cut second favorite as far as i'm concerned as far as my bets are concerned i think chris mack and louisville have something but this team also they lost to kentucky early in the year and it wasn't close so uh, as i said this year anybody can beat anybody make sure you you're kind of swinging for the fences a little bit this year Right. Did you say a long shot play? Um, I didn't throw my super, super long shot. My super long shot would be the Creighton Blue we'll throw Jays. It out there. I mean, like Creighton. Like oh. Creighton at 80 to 1. I, you know, we've seen this Creighton team. Now, obviously, when you're getting 80 to 1, you're going to have some bad losses along the way. Um, but, you know, this team beat Marquette by 17 early in the year when Marquette was actually playing pretty well at that point. Uh, they beat Xavier, which has been playing well. They won at Villanova. Um, you know, I, they beat a good St. John's team last time out. But then, of course, to keep those odds up there, you have to have these losses along the way. They had a, a loss at Providence, 73 to 56. So not the greatest loss. But the one thing Creighton does is they really spread the floor out. They really enjoy uh, the, the drive and kick. 
uh, offense. And I think that's a dangerous team come tournament time, a team that can really shoot it well. Uh, I like the guards and the depth that they have from the three-point shooting line. I think the Creighton Blue Jays at 80-1. to 1. Uh, I don't think you'll get 81 come uh, come tournament time. I think you'll probably they'll probably be closer to 40 to 50 to one. But I I, I like what uh, Coach McDermott has continued to do with this uh, Creighton team. That would be my other issue: is uh, when you should place these bets, if you should place them before or after uh, their conference tournaments, and also with your long shot bets, uh, make sure that they're going to make the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when you're, when you're right? getting those 50 to one plus, those are the guys that are going to, I mean, this team is not, all three of these teams are going to get in. They're both, they're all solidly, uh, you know, in that uh, three to eight spot as far as right now in projected seating. So all these probably, unless they just, you know, injuries or something falls off. That is the worry right now. Of course, one bad injury and you go from being one of the, a, a good team to a bad team now. And I think with the one and done rule that is, you know, basically destroyed college basketball as we know it, um, you know, over the, of my generation, at least, I think you, you have, you have, you see this now, these one and done teams very seldom. And now that means Duke and that means Kentucky. Uh, you know, those are the, the, even North Carolina with Cole Anthony this year, these are the type teams that they struggle come tournament time. You remember last year, Oregon kind of barely got into the tournament and then ran a, a deep run in the tournament. Why? They actually had some depth and some experience at the guard play. So I think that's something you want, need to look at. I wouldn't be going crazy putting a, a future bet out at this point of the season. But when you're getting this kind of value, you know, you throw a couple hundred bucks. If you're you're a $500 player, you throw a couple hundred bucks on any of these, all three of these. If one of them hit, you're going to have a big profit. And, and that's what I do. Now, if you're really wanting to make a big future bet, I would wait to around conference tournament uh, right before, or right after that, because then you, you, you guarantee pretty much that uh, you're going to have what you expect as far as uh, injuries and that kind of stuff is concerned. Right. It's really an interesting dynamic, like you kind of alluded to. Uh, the teams that have the one-and-dones as opposed to the teams that don't. Uh, as we saw in the Duke game against Stephen F. Austin. That's right, Stephen F. Austin, who came to Duke and beat Duke on their home court. They have some seniors. They have some uh, guys that have been there. They've been playing together longer. And sometimes with these one-and-done teams, uh, the chemistry is not there. They have a lot of turnovers, especially earlier in the season. Uh, we really saw it with some of these big-name teams. Uh, they look bad to start the season. So um, if you're going for a long shot bet, maybe pick one of those teams that has some, some good seniors, some good juniors, uh, some, some teams that have some uh, chemistry already there. Well, guard play is number one in NCAA tournament. That you have to have great guard play to win. We saw it last year with Virginia. You have to own mm -hmm. the other team's guards. The, usually the better guard wins most matches in NCAA tournament, and experience does matter. Since Duke has gone to this one and done, we haven't seen them do nearly as well in the tournament. That's been a, a problem. As uh, Brian Bittler says, he likes Duke. Um, they are good. You know, it's not that they're not good. The problem is, is that where's their experience? Remember last year they had Zion, the obviously number one pick overall. Guess what? Come the they could not shoot the three point line from the three point line. People sagged Which off. Which is they crazy for Central Duke. Florida. Yeah, that they used just to be Duke's well, bread right and butter. Right, because they had guys that stayed three or four years and developed unbelievable shooters like JJ Redick. Uh, you know, guys that come out of high school now aren't necessarily great. You know. Uh, it's consistent. I should say they're good shooters. They're not great shooters. And I think that's going to be mm -hmm. the problem again. Duke, that was their boogaboo last year. Barely beat Central Florida, let's remember. And with the Taco Falls, Zion matchup, what a matchup that was. Very good game. <laughs> uh, and, then they, and then they lost next round. So 
to me, I, that's going to be their problem again. You got to make three point shots. Maybe this year with the line extended, it's not such a big deal for teams that don't shoot it as well. And I still have a feeling that teams that win are going to hot from the three point line, are going to have the better guard play. And to me, that's why I love Seton Hall. Miles Powell, legitimate player of the year candidate. If he doesn't win, he probably should win. And I love Coach uh, Kevin Willard. Remember, he comes from that uh, Louisville Cardinals, uh, Rick Patino school of uh, of thinking, and we know how good Rick Patino was in in Subway tournament. All right, that is our NCAA basketball future segment. Thanks, Craig Trapp, for joining us. When we get back from the break, more college basketball. What what more can you ask for? Uh, we're back in a minute on picks and parlays. Stick with us. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you want to find us on any of those social media platforms, all you got to do is search Picks and Parlays, and we're usually the first thing that pops up. Really easy to find. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger, if you want to drop me a line, uh, a play or a parlay, whatever you want to do. Uh, right now, we are going back to more college basketball because it's that time of year. Uh, we've got Sean Higgs joining us to talk a little college basketball. Hello, Sean. Got all what the picks and parlays here on. Yeah, <laughs> you know I always wear my picks and parlays here. I enjoy it. It's nice to, to show it off. Yeah. All right. They, they like still haven't sent me right? any. Like, hey, nice hat. I want a hat. I know like they haven't sent me any gear, I guess, because before I was pregnant, so nothing would fit me. But now they don't have an excuse. <laughs> yeah, we'll send you some mediums, nice little smalls, little lady stuff. Medium. All <laughs> right. Well, let's talk a little college basketball. As promised, let's start with Florida State and Duke. Uh, the number eight Seminoles are dogs in this one. Eight and a half is the number I have. Uh, total looking at uh, 148 and a half. Uh, number seven, Duke, of course, coming off that thrilling overtime win over Carolina, which UNC was not ranked. Yes, it was a rivalry game, but it's not a game that Duke was supposed to uh, even be close in. Uh, so initial thoughts on this Florida State-Duke matchup. That's a big matchup uh, in the ACC. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, you talked about the NC game, and you know you lose a, a, a big-time player, and, and your season falls apart. But – Listen, he's back. They're playing better. And then you see a big battle. And now you got Duke. Not only do they battle back in that game to force overtime, I mean, on a crazy shot and win it the way they win it. And now you're going to come here and lay eight and a half to a pretty good Florida side. I, I mean, it could be a square play, but I, I just have to take the dog here just based on the way Duke's come out of a Saturday game. I mean, that's how. What do you got in the tank after that? I mean, maybe if you just play a first half money line play on Florida State, you have to think they're. You know, Duke's going to be gassed a little bit. I mean, I, I look, you know, college basketball, you got to look kind of like the emotional roller coaster part of things. And you're coming off a rivalry game. Shout out the buzzer to force overtime. Then to win it. I mean, come on. Now you got to come battle another top 10 team, a team that you've beaten four straight, a team that's out to get you because they're angry that you've been smacking them around. And like I said, it's probably a cheesy play because part of me is like, ah, oh, man, it, this is a big number, eight and a half. Because both of these teams right. are they're pretty equal. They're pretty equal. And I see this number, and they're like, man, they're just begging to take Florida State. But I just have to, on principle, coming off a game like that and the way they've handled Florida State, Florida State's, you know, we just got to hang close here. We're getting a big number. Um, 
I think they could probably pick them off. That's what I'm hoping for. But worst case, we get a backdoor when we get eight and a half points. That's for sure. Right. That's a lot of points to a team that's 20 and three. Uh, Florida yeah. State is one of those teams uh, contending in the ACC, and they're one of those teams that uh, want a good seating come tournament time. Uh, they're definitely not a team that's just middle of the pack ACC. They're contenders. Yeah, but listen, you you you, you filter in that they've lost four straight to Duke, and you know that adds a lot to it because again, you face these guys too, and with tournaments sometimes three times a year, sometimes teams kind of own a team. You know, and just because right. you think they're going to come out and they're, they're due for a win and revenge and all that kind of stuff doesn't mean it's going to happen. That's, again, why we're looking at a big eight and a half number here. You know, sometimes a team just right. got your number. They know how you play, and that's that. But, again, eight and a half, this isn't three where you're like, ah, you know, we're talking eight points. Again, you're off a crazy overtime game like that. You know, it's, it's like a college football. Somebody's Alabama's playing LSU, and the next week they have – Arkansas, it's going to be a drop down because they're still laying 35 points, but where's the motivation? A lot of motivation for Florida State. Duke's got to be a little winded to get back up. I mean, that's just a big number. That's a plain and simple big number. Again, and off that overtime game, I just got to play it on, you know, just the way the ebbs and flows of basketball go. Right. Coach K, every time they showed him on the screen, it looked like he was having a silent heart attack. Um, I. <laughs> Like, bless his heart. I think he's 117 years old, uh, and he's still <laughs> winning these games. Uh, but, yeah, it's a big number to lay. And I think this Florida State team's really good. Uh, they're not a team that has been great at rebounding and down low in the past, but they are getting better. Uh, we saw that with Duke. Uh, if Vernon Carey Jr. can be contained or if they can get him in foul trouble, uh, teams definitely have a chance. So, uh, yeah, I like Florida State laying or uh, getting quite a few points. Uh, let's move on yeah. to the number one team in the country. Baylor is minus six at Texas. The total is 127 and a half. Uh, another, eh, it's not a big number, but it's a considerable number. Uh, who do we like in this one? You know, you got to go back to November 8th for the Baylor Bears loan loss, 67-64 on neutral court to Washington. 20 straight wins for these guys. I'm, man, how, how do you not take Baylor? I mean, I know they're number one and – Craig had some great points just where he's doing his future bet where the number is, but these guys are as good as anybody right now. I mean, I was looking, I'm going back looking at some of these lines, like six and a half. It's tough. You're laying on a road to Texas. You're already beating them by 15, shut them down. They gave up 44 points in that game, but I, I just can't, I, again, they've just been, you got your San Diego States. Gonzaga has been rolling Baylor. Maybe they get the non cause they, they're with Kansas. So they get the, a little bit over Gonzaga in the San Diego States, but I just have to take them right now. I mean, they're just 20 straight wins. They're on a different level, and they're doing it with defense. You know, so, again, we're looking at a, a six-and-a-half Texas, a young team. Where are they going? I don't think they're bubble material here. I know it's a wide-open college basketball league, but Baylor's got something special going on. Uh, no look ahead. You know, it's not like they got a, a loss, a revenge game on deck or anything like that. How do they not – they play good defense, and they're just methodical. I mean – it's six and a half. The last couple games, they would have covered all this this number. So I'm going to lay it. Could be a square play because they are the number one team. And, you know, usually coming out, we've had some hiccups this year with the number one teams. We've seen a number of them go down. But I, yeah, 20 straight, I just like the way these guys are playing. I I mean, I like the day in future for what Craig was saying on them. But I don't know. Baylor has been tough all year. And I just like the defense right. sometimes. You know, we saw with Texas Tech's team last year. You know, defense gets you out of nowhere. And here you go on a run, and 
These guys are definitely on a run for sure. I mean, actually, I'd like to see them like lose a game or two before the the tournament starts because all of a sudden you're winning like you know they got what seven eight games left in regular season and you know what are you gonna go in there on the a 30 game win streak that's where the pressure yeah, that's, that's, that's where you start fading that's them like the, that's where you fade them in like the second round when they're laying like eight points and they're you know 230 on the money line take take the dog there because that's you know you start getting big numbers like that that's when you tighten up a little bit especially on a a program that's not known for you know big deep runs like this in there yeah uh, for a number one team, they actually don't have that great of stats. Uh, they're shooting 69% no. from the free throw line and 43% from the field. Uh, so you're right. I think the defense is, is the, the calling card for them because they're only averaging uh, 72 points per game. But we're looking at this game in particular, and Texas is averaging just 65 points per game, uh, yeah, which is and they're not young. great. They're, they're a young team, too. And they're four and nine against the spread at home. Texas is. Uh, meanwhile, Baylor five and one against the number away. So just based off that alone, um, yeah, I know. I don't care. I'll take like ugly. Play, the but... numbers aren't there, but you know what? The numbers they they get it done. That's what all matters. I'll take the ugly numbers. You know, it's not sexy, but right. it's a winner. Puts money in our pockets. Right, and that's all that matters. Let's move on to TCU, Texas Tech. Uh, this one opened at minus nine uh, for Texas Tech, I believe, and it's now at 11. I have it. I'm not sure the number you have. Uh, Texas Tech 15 and 8, 11 and 12 against the spread. TCU is 13 and 10 and 7 and 15 against the number. So who do you like? Well, I'm seeing a 10 and a half right now with, the, uh, with Texas Tech here at home, 127 okay. and a half. I'm gonna go home chalk again here. It's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a little chalk show here in a, with Texas Tech. But you know, a couple weeks ago they were needing a big win and they got it over West Virginia. Two straight wins for them. They had the loss to Kansas, seventy-eight, seventy-five. They lost a close one, seventy-six, uh, seventy-four to Kentucky. So three in the last five. But you know, they seem to be getting in group, playing a lot better. You know, close loss. I know there's no moral victories when it comes to you know college basketball wins stuff like that. But again. You get in the national championship game last year. Teams are gunning for you a little bit. You get a little changeover, slow to out of the gates. But fifteen and eight, you got team what, five straight losses for TCU here. Where are they going? They're mailing it in. They won't. You know they're they're lucky to be NIT bound. I got them. You know pretty far down. You see those uh, net rankings. I think they're like eighty or ninetieth. They're pretty deep. So Texas Tech uh, again, another defensive team. What's this game going to be like? Seventy fifty six or something like that. I see. You know. 10, 15 point win here. Uh, Texas Tech, I think, again, they've been a lot better. Close losses, yes, but a lot better competition than what you're going to see here in TCU. So, 10 and a half's big, but they got stuff to prove. They got to get it done. They want to go dance in decent seed, get back to that uh, national championship game, which long shot, but they're still a good team. So, we'll lay the 10 and a half. And speaking of bad free throw shooters, TCU is shooting 61% from the free throw line. Which is almost <laughs> Dwight Howard like. <laughs> it's you know, again, I'll go back to what Craig was saying about the people shooting coming out and shooting threes and developing shooters. These kids today, they just want to chuck up threes. I see it in my son's basketball, thirteen years old. Everybody wants to shoot threes. No one could hit a free throw. It's terrible, and it's the same in college basketball. I mean, you're on the you're in the free throw line. Nobody's guarded you. How hard is it to hit open right. shot? You can't hit open shots. That's just practice. That's just practice, right? <laughs> But you know what? That's not a highlight on Instagram for them when they're dunking a the ball or throwing a ball up from, right. hey, I'm going to no chuck it from the logo. Logo, <laughs> logo jump shots from 35 feet out. But 
You know, that's good if you could hit 40% of them, but you don't. You're hitting 30% if you're lucky, 27. You know? Right. They're not high I, percentage shots. That's, yeah, that's just another argument to, to rant me on between a free throw shooting and these kids chucking threes. I mean, so having a good 12 foot shot, show me a consistent jumper, somebody. I know. We sound um, like old men saying, get off men, my Old lawn. man yells at cloud. <laughs> that's me. Old man yells at cloud. I love that, Grandpa Simpson. <laughs> All right, we've got to wrap it up. Uh, thanks, Sean Higgs, for joining us. We're back after the All break right, talking Chase. NBA on Picks and Parlays. Stick with us. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you want to find us on any of those social media platforms, if you just search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. Usually the first thing that pops up. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger is my handle. It's my name. Uh, if you want to drop me a line or a good play, I'm always open to some good plays and some good parlays. Uh, right now, we're jumping in to more basketball. This time, it's NBA. We've got Tony T joining us from the West Coast. Tony T, how you doing over there? Hey, Chelsea, I'm doing very well, doing well here. And, uh, you know, we're getting close to the All-Star break, you know. We're going to see some teams getting up to nine days off. And I think a lot of them are making their, their travel plans, Chelsea, because we're seeing a, really a lot of lack of defensive intensity right now in the league. I know we talked about it on our last discussion uh, on Friday's show about all the overs coming in. But, you know, I recently I'm looking at these teams. They just don't seem to be really tight defensively. And I think it's because of their vacation that they're, they're going to become that's coming up for them. Right. It's hard to look a, not look ahead, I suppose, for some of these guys. Uh, and sometimes the effort's not there. Uh, some of these guys are getting paid a lot of money regardless. Uh, I think the funniest thing I've seen in the past week is when the Lakers and the Rocker, Rockets played and James Harden was doing the jump ball against JaVale McGee. Uh, the Rockets are one of those teams that have committed to small ball, and it's really funny to watch. But somehow they still beat the Lakers. So. I don't know. Yeah, they did that little fourth quarter run at the end. The Lakers really came up empty. And then we saw there, you know, we're going to talk about the Lakers a little bit uh, in, right. in the segment here. But, uh, you know, I think really what we're seeing here is just teams. I think uh, they know they got to gear it up when they come out of the off the all-star break because we got a good two months of regular season basketball. And that's the time to get in the playoff position, get those home courts. Uh, you know, the first, the top four seeds will get home court advantage in that first round. And there's a lot of teams there in the four, five, and six seed that are, are going to try and jockey for position. Right. All right. So let's dive into some of these games. Let's start with the Brooklyn Nets and the Pacers. The Pacers are minus seven in this one. The total is 220. Uh, the Nets, of course, uh, Kyrie's still out, I believe. Uh, last meeting, the Pacers won 115 to 86. Uh, who do we like in this one? Yeah, that's a big revenge spot here for Brooklyn. But I think based on current form, I would rather take the points here with Brooklyn at plus seven. You know, Nets have played well without Kyrie Irving in the lineup. Looks like he's going to be out at least at least another week until after the All-Star break. You know, but there really aren't any other injuries on the roster for Brooklyn. So you got your Dinwiddie, LaVert and company will be there. They've covered three straight, five of their past six after that one-point loss at Toronto on Saturday. They were really competitive in that Saturday game. Of course, look at the current form for the Nets. Really good right now. Past five games hitting on 49%. 40% from three, and they're playing good defense. Uh, Indiana, well, you know, they've lost and failed to cover six of their past seven after that seven-point loss at home to New Orleans. You know, for Indiana, 
it's been a mix of poor defense and poor rebounding. You know, looking at that, at that uh, five-game span here, they're giving up over nearly 39% from the three-point line here. i got to take the underdog in this spot, Brooklyn plus the seven. And the Nets are also 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six. Let's move on to the Kings and the Bucks. The Bucks are laying a big number in this one. I see them at uh, minus 14.5. The total is 227. Uh, the Kings are winners of three in a row, including some good teams. The Heat, uh, the Timberwolves, Spurs, uh, not as great. But 4-1 uh, and one against the number in their last five. The Bucks, one of the best teams in the NBA, if not the best. But do we like them laying that huge number is the question. Yeah, that's, and that's a very good question, laying that many points here. I have to take the 14-and-a-half. I, I just can't lay Milwaukee. You know, the Bucks. we know they're playing great, but again, this may be just a little bit too many points to lay at this point because the Kings are showing a little bit of life here. And if you look at the Bucks here, two of the Bucks' past three games were decided by 12 points or fewer. You know, Sacramento has won and covered three straight, six of their past eight. Three straight wins and covers on the road. We look at their shooting form the past uh, five games nearly 49%, and then they exploded. they're exploding from the three-point line, 45% shooting from three. We saw that big game they had against San, uh, San Antonio on Saturday, so they come in with a little bit of confidence. You know, the back door is going to be open for them if the game gets out of hand. I can see the Kings make a run here. And, of course, um, you know, I, I got to take the Kings here, Chelsea, getting a boatload of points plus the 14.5. Right. Although their last meeting, the Bucks won 127 to 106, but... 14 and a half is a lot of points. Uh, even though uh, the Bucks 30 and 22 against the number, so definitely not as good as their 45 and 7 record, but they are good at home uh, for the most part. 5 and 1 against the spread in their last five. Uh, but those are just a bunch of numbers. And sometimes, uh, how much do you base off stats and how, mu- how much do you base off of just gut feeling? Because I know sometimes yeah. it's hard to look at a bunch of numbers and really turn it into, you know, your play. Yeah, I really look at current form, shooting, and defensive form. Remember, when you go back to some of those previous meetings, uh, you got to remember, you got to look at the injuries, what kind of form. You know, sometimes right. the teams change their, their rotation. Early in the season, it's just a grab bag because coaches really don't know what they have. They like to rotate players in and out. This time of the year, they, they know the, the seven guys they can count on. And, of course, you got to look at the depth as well as travel spots. You know, some teams are in back-to-backs when they get pounded like this, or some teams coming off two days rest. A two-day rest angle is always good for defensive teams. So, a lot of these, a lot of these situations, you have to look at individually. Right. Uh, sometimes the numbers can be deceiving, and some of these stats you really have to take with a grain of salt. Let's move on to the Spurs and the Nuggets. The Nuggets, Nuggets favored in this one minus seven and a half. Total is two twenty-one and a half. The Spurs are twenty-two and 30, 22, 29 and one against the spread. Nuggets thirty-seven and sixteen, twenty-six, twenty-four and three against the spread. Who do we like in this matchup? You know, Chelsea, I'm going to keep riding these, these Spurs on the road to go over total. I'm going to play Denver-San Antonio over 221.5. You know, when you, when you look at San Antonio, now I've gone over in 607 away from home. The issue with San Antonio on the road has been their defense lack of it, allowing 48%, nearly 39% from three. They are shooting the ball well away from home at 47%, but Denver, they're on an overrun of four of five after their win at Phoenix. And their shooting form is really good here. Looking over their past uh, uh, five games, 49%, 39% from three. They're also getting a little bit healthier now in their rotation. But look at the current form for the Spurs. We just gave you the road numbers. But currently, it's been terrible defensively. 51% they're allowing. 
overall, 43% from three. Uh, they're on this rodeo road trip, so there's really not a lot of time to, to be in their facility practicing. Uh, so I'm going to go continue this overtrend with San Antonio on the road, go over 221 and a half. All right, and the game we were alluding to, we've got the Suns and the Lakers. The Lakers uh, are 39 and 12, but much worse when it comes to against the spread, 26, 24, and 1. Uh, they're minus 11 in this one against a Suns team. Uh, That's not great. Uh, they're 1 and 5 against the number in their last six. But actually, they have a better record straight up and against the spread on the road. So a bit of an anomaly for the Suns. Uh, but who do we like in this one? Lakers, Suns, or yeah. the total? Yeah, I'm going to be on the over again here. I like the Lakers and Suns going over 228.5. Now, the Lakers have hit a soft spot on their schedule. They face Golden State on Saturday. Now they face Phoenix. Now, Denver is that circle game on Wednesday. Then they have the nine days off for the All-Star break. So uh, I'm not saying they're mailing in, but if you look at their defensive numbers, they don't seem to be really intense there in that on that side. When you look at them over... Uh, you know, their past for the past five games, I should say they're they are shooting the ball well 51%, 40% from the three point line. LA has gone over in four or five, and of course, uh, defensively is where they're, they're, they're lacking here. Look at that span of five games 48% shooting, 40% from three. They allowed Golden State to hang in that game, they didn't run away from them, even though Draymond Green didn't play. But again, the Lakers knew they were good enough with their offense just to win. I think this could be a similar situation where they're facing the Suns, and they don't expect the Suns to give them really much of a, of a challenge. So they're not, you're not going to see that really in, in, intense defense from the Lakers. But the Suns have played to over in three of their past four on the road. Remember, Aaron Baines is out. That's a key rim defender. When he's out, I, like to go, I, don't, I don't like to play on the Suns. I think that they lack defense when he's out of that lineup, one of their rim defenders. And if you look over the past five, they are allowing 47% shooting. But they do shoot the ball very well from the three-point line and overall. And again, we talked that we referenced that Lakers-Golden State game. Golden State shot 52%. And that was a game LA had a really good control of. I can see this happening again where the Lakers have control. But again, uh, you'll, you should see Phoenix here shooting the ball well enough to stay in this one and push it over. Take LA Phoenix over 228 and a half. Right. Just based on the past two games alone, the Lakers are not a team that I would trust to cover 11 points just because as we mentioned uh they let golden state hang around and they were favored by 14 i believe in that one uh and then as we mentioned earlier they lost to a rockets team that doesn't have a player over 6-6 maybe 6-5 which i knew that was either going to go one way or the other because it's such a, a crazy mismatch uh but yeah the fact that they're playing down to their competition it worries me when they're getting 11 points even though it is at home but, um, but yeah, this Lakers team is uh, – do you think they get too much credit? Are they a team that um, – sometimes you see some of these big market teams get more credit than they deserve when it comes to some of these numbers because people like betting on them. Are the Lakers one of those teams for you this year? Well, yeah, the Lakers are a team, as we know, Anthony Davis and LeBron James you can count on. But it's the, it's the supporting cast that has not been consistent. You've seen some of their performance on the road where they've not looked sharp. It's a lot of times you'll see LeBron a good game, Anthony Davis a good game, and not much from the supporting cast. So it really, when we talk about the Lakers, when you're hoping they cover, you got to get something from the supporting cast. And I think that's really where, where it's lacking. And sometimes lacking focus. Remember, the supporting cast, you're not going to see these guys in the All-Star game. So they're getting nine days off. Okay, so I think a lot of them had their mindset on Cancun or wherever they're going to go for nine days. You can count on the professionalism from Anthony Davis or LeBron James, but it's everyone else I'm a little worried about. Uh, you know, it's tough to carry, you know, cover big spreads with two, guys, with two main guys on the court there. So uh, 
Uh, that's that's where pretty much how I look at the Lakers. I think they'll get into focus as we get as they come off the break because they know it's that two month crunch to get to the to the end of the regular season. Right, and looking down the line, uh, they've got uh, their team. That's it's really a big team, as uh, I kind of re- reference against the Rockets. They should have had a, a big size advantage there, and they. Before the Warriors got hurt, it looked like the Lakers were a team that could really give them a run for their money, or the Warriors would really uh, run up and down the court on them and score a bunch of points. Uh, looking towards the postseason, how do you see the Lakers faring? Well, I think the Lakers and, and the Clippers are headed for a collision course. And we see again, the teams lacking. Look what happened to the Clippers on Saturday. Well, we talked about teams lacking that intensity as we get to the All-Star break. you got to be careful with these, with these marquee teams. So uh, I think the Lakers will be fine. Uh, they have, they're a really good defensive team. But this is the time, time, time of the season where teams lack, get a little lack, especially the contenders, knowing that not only are you going to play two months of basketball likely you know, when the regular season's over. So I think it's one of, one of the situations where they're gearing down a little bit, get that break from the All-Star break, and then here we go, let's get, let's get in the playoff form as we, as we c- conclude the season, the, the final two months of regular season. I think the Lakers and Clippers are headed to a Western Conference Finals. Lakers and Clippers, and then who do you like to win it all? Yeah. We've got a few minutes to spare. That's it. Yeah, I, I, have, I would look at the Clippers because of their depth. Again, we talked about the Lakers. You can count on LeBron and Anthony Davis, but what about the supporting cast? I'm not really sold on the supporting cast in big spots. I think when it comes down to crunch time, I think I have to favor, favor the Clippers because the Lakers are lacking uh, depth on their roster here, to, especially in big spots to support Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Right. You don't have your faith in JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. <laughs> you know, these are these are really good. And that, that even when we looked at, at some of the moves of the training deadline, I mean, I thought a lot of these moves were, were helped were there to help the regular season. Take some minutes away from, you know, guys like Jimmy Butler or some of these right. guys that are, are forced to carry too much of the load. So uh, that's a situation there where I don't think many of these players and of course, the Lakers are in a buyout market. We heard Collison. J.R. Smith. I mean, these guys are just help them in the regular season. I don't see much. Any, I don't see these teams getting much out for the playoffs. But uh, again, I, I think the Clippers' depth here uh, will be too much here for the Lakers it, it, when they meet, if they meet in the Western Conference Finals. Right, and especially, I'm sorry, my computer's about to die. Let me plug it in, real quick. Oh. All right. Looks like uh, we have to head to break here. So uh, I guess when we come back, hopefully Chelsea will have her computer set up and we can go over all the picks that we gave on the show today. And we are back on Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. And also, if you want more good stuff, Check us out on social media. Just search Picks and Parlays, or you can head to our website, uh, picksandparlays.net, for all of your gambling and sports betting needs. Right now, it's the portion of our show where we recap all of today's picks in case you weren't paying attention or you're just tuning in. We got you covered. Uh, Starting off, like Seton Hall at 18 to 1 as well as uh, Louisville at 14 to 1 and a super super long shot uh, is the Creighton Blue Jays at 80 to 1 as we mentioned college basketball wide open this season so maybe you'll get some uh, good value on some of those Uh, moving on to our daily college basketball games Sean Hicks 
joined us for some picks. Uh, Florida State at Duke taking the Seminoles at plus eight and a half. Baylor at Texas taking Baylor at minus six and a half, the number one team in the country to lay those points. Uh, TCU, Texas Tech taking Texas Tech in that one as well. Tony T gave us some NBA picks. Nets at Pacers taking the Nets at plus seven. Kings at Bucks taking the Kings plus 14. That is a huge number for the Bucks to cover. Uh, yeah, they're a great team, but it's a lot of points. Spurs and Nuggets taking the over uh, to hit 221 and a half. And finally, the Suns and the Lakers taking the over uh, to hit in that one as well. It's been a great show. We had plenty of picks as we do each and every weekday. You can join us 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern Live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network if you want to join us there. And also, if you have any games that you're questioning, Check out our YouTube page, uh, and we'll see you tomorrow on Picks and Parlays. Thanks for joining us. Until next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.